what an unexpected direction my life had taken. I developed friendships with an FBI agent, a liberal civil rights leader, a Jewish leader, a militant civil rights lawyer, a hippie drug user, and a radical leftist. The alienation and hostility that once separated us was gone. This was a surprising and strange list of friends for a former Ku Klux Klan terrorist. Not only is God in the business of reconciliation, he has a sense of humor as well. That comes from the book, Consumed by Hate, Redeemed by Love, by Thomas Terrence. Thomas Terrence, in 1968, was arrested for a foiled terrorist attempt in America. As he went to prison, the hate filled his life. And as that hate filled his life, he attempted to escape from prison. And he was caught. And he went back to prison in solitary confinement. And God led him to Chuck Colson. And in turning so, he became a Christian where this story comes from. As I think about us today, I think about Thomas's life. How can someone who used to hate black people, someone that used to hate Jews, someone that used to be so against them, love them and sit at a table? He's now the executive director of the C.S. Lewis Institute, and his life is completely changed. It's not marked by what he's against. It's marked by what he's for. And I think that sometimes in the church, we take for granted the power of God in our lives. Today, the main point is this. Your spiritual growth unlocks what you're for. Your spiritual growth unlocks what you're for. If you have your Bibles, if you're on your device, online, wherever you are, turn to Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. We're going to be reading a prayer from Paul. And the neat thing about this prayer is this, as you turn there. Paul, very much like Thomas Terrence, was known to be someone that was against Gentiles, non-Jewish people. He was against Christians. And so if you would have known Paul, for him to write this prayer, it would seem odd, just like Thomas Terrence with his friends that he was sitting with. But God did some miraculous things in his life and unlocked what Paul was for. And as he writes to this Ephesians church, he prays for them to experience spiritual growth. And we're going to read this passage together. Start with me at verse 14. It says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And everybody in person, everybody online said, amen. amen. So your spiritual growth unlocks what you're for. This passage starts in a very peculiar way. It begins by calling God Father. 
Now, that might not seem like a big deal, but the next line is, from whom every family derives its name. So when we say every family, we get this idea that it was this beautiful, idyllic picture that God was coming in and we'd call each other Brother Peter and Sister Susan. And sometimes we get that feeling within the church. But here's the deal. This church was ravaged by conflict. It was ravaged by Gentiles who were non-Jewish or half-Jewish people co-mingling as a church with Jewish people. And Jewish people had this issue. They wanted the Gentiles to adopt their practices. They wanted the Gentiles to become like them and become just their version of Christianity. So what Paul was addressing here is he's saying this, I want to pray for you as a church for your spiritual growth. It was a very difficult situation. And if you read the whole of Ephesians, you can see that in there. As Gordon Fee, one of my favorite commentators, would say, it does no good for the Gentiles and Jews to be redeemed and saved by Jesus Christ if they can't learn to love one another as Jesus had loved them. So when Paul prays this prayer, he's saying this, your spiritual growth, as we've been saying in this series, it not only is a personal relationship, it's not something that pri that's private, but it influences every part of your life. We've been in this series called Four. We've been talking about being for Rochester and for the world, for Fairport, for Pittsburgh, for your job, whether you're a teacher, whether you're an engineer, a CEO, a manager, a janitor, that when God's love comes through you, it influences you and calls you to be for people and for others in ways that you would have never thought or never expected. And it begins with a change in you. You can't be for your world and you can't be for your community unless God has grown you and matured you. There's two points to this prayer that I want to highlight to help us understand what does it mean that our spiritual growth unlocks what we're for. And the first one is this, you don't have the power to change on your own. You don't have the power to change on your own. Look with me at verses uh, 15 and, or 16 and 17. It says this, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, that you may be strengthened in power in your inner being. What Paul is talking about here, when we say inner being, what Paul is trying to help us understand, it's our hearts and our motivations. It's where our attitudes come from. And so in Ephesians 5.1, what Paul begins to say is this. He's saying, live out the calling that God has for you. Live out the calling that God has for you. And so the problem with that is this. We can't do that on our own. And sometimes we read a passage like this and we think about little Jesus comes into my little life and resides. And there's a picture of that in the Bible. And I don't want to completely dismiss that. But what you'll see throughout the scriptures is two of the most powerful words in scripture are this, in Christ. And the pictures for that is this, you have been adopted. You are in Christ. 
You have an inheritance. You're part of God's family. You are cared for and you are loved by him. And in there, the Holy Spirit gives you the power to change. Not that you're white knuckling and changing on your own. Not that you're trying to manufacture your love for other people or manufacture being for, but it's the fact that you have received and been empowered by his spirit. I want you to think of it this way. As a Jets fan, I have the unfortunate part of this sermon to remind you that they are 0-10, and they did everything the Buffalo Bills did not. When Sean McDermott first got hired by Buffalo, what he talked about was he talked about culture. He talked about becoming the type of person that would put on that uniform and represent the great Western New York. He was looking for a certain type of individual. You could say he was looking for people to be in the Buffalo Bills. It wasn't just about being talented or making the right plays. He was looking for something that was intrinsic. And that's the picture in this prayer. You know, in the rest of Ephesians, it's going to talk about forgiveness and gentleness. It's going to talk about being willing to care for other people, loving your neighbor. And the truth is this, you can't manufacture that on your own. You can't love other people who you might not have loved. Either you'll end up disliking them more or you'll end up becoming self-righteous saying, look at me love this other person. But the way that this prayer works is Paul, before he even talks about our behaviors, is he says this, I pray that you'd be strengthened with God's Holy Spirit. I pray that your motivations and your, and, and your attitudes towards others would change. You see, spiritual growth, unlocking what you're for, comes from realizing you can't change on your own. You don't have the power, but Jesus does. You may be wondering, well, how does this happen? Peter, it sounds, it sounds so out there that the inner being, that the Holy Spirit, let me tell you about it. It's, it's about having certain environments. You know, we, we talk about two habits here at Browncroft. Number one is this, spend time with God. You know, when you spend time with God, you begin to engage his word and you begin to pray. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you read God's word and it changed a blind spot? It transformed your life. You began to look at someone differently because you read that scripture. What about praying? When was the last time you prayed for someone that you vehemently disliked? When was the last time you prayed for your community and you begin to well up with what the grace of God coming through you? But then the other part of our inner being changing is this spend time with others. We believe in small groups. We believe in intentional community of 10 to 12 people weekly coming back and forth, seeing everybody because it's you were created to experience the gospel. You were created to experience the message of Jesus with other people. You can't do it on your own. I was thinking about this point this week. Like many of you, on Thursday, I took my daughter Haley with my wife to Wegmans. And when we went to Wegmans, we were buying eight boxes of cereal. And we were buying those for Barbara Thomas and the Rochester Family Mission. And as a two and a half year old, she began to ask questions that I just loved. She said, why are we buying eight boxes of cereal? And I promise you, she said, she said, let's buy Raisin Bran. And I told people and they were like, 
She wants to buy the worst cereal? No, that's her favorite cereal. So anyways, you can blame Robin for that. But she began asking questions, and she said, you know, I want to buy the best cereal, and I, and I want to get this, but why are we doing this? And my wife looked at Haley and said this. She said, there's some children, there's some children that don't have food to eat. There's some families that can't provide, so we want to provide for them. And I could just see her little brain working, and she began to ask this. She said, you know, in my daycare, are there kids that can't eat? And I and we said, well, we don't know about that, but we know that they eat at daycare. And as we began to just process with her, I began to think of this point. I don't want my daughter to buy eight boxes of cereal and serve so that she can be right. We're not looking to raise perfect kids. We're not looking to raise kids or be the type of people that have the white knuckle grip and power to change on our own. No, we want to raise children that are empowered and are strengthened by the Holy Spirit. That when she buys eight boxes of cereal that she thinks about this, God has been so generous to me. God has loved and cared for me. And you know what? I want to respond as the Holy Spirit leads. That's why we believe in family ministry. We believe in small groups for kids that they begin to discover and hear God's voice through the leaders and the other kids in their life that they begin to engage scripture. And just like Grayson Watson, who got baptized, we want them to respond. We're not looking for perfection. Man, I want my daughter to make the right decisions, but even more so, I want her to experience the transformational power of the Holy Spirit. So it's good news. It's good news when we say this, you don't have the power to change on your own because the Holy Spirit can change you. And that's for no matter where you are, whether you're someone that's been following Jesus for 50 to 60 years, God's not done with you yet. Whether you're a seeker or a skeptic, you've been de-churched and somehow you're here with us, whether it's online or whether it's in person, we believe this, God still speaks today. And if you want to experience all that God has, if you want to be for the world and for the community, then you have to realize you can't change on your own. And we pray that you'd be strengthened in your inner man, in your inner woman. As we think about this, number one, you can't change on your own. But number two is this, how is God's love moving in your life? Look at Ephesians 3, 17, the second half of it. And it says this, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Paul makes it explicit about the dimensions of God's love. Some commentators and some pastors in history, what they've said this is that when you think about the height, the breadth, the width, the length of God's love, that you actually make a cross. And what a picture for us today, that the cross of Christ represents how God gave up the riches of heaven to walk among us so that we might experience new life through his death and resurrection. And this prayer connects to Ephesians 5.1. If you want to write this down, what Paul says is this. He says, walk in the way of love. Walk in the way of love. So the question is, is this, how is God's love moving through your life? No, you can't manufacture it on your own. You don't have the power to change. The Holy Spirit wants to change you. But on top of that, is God's love moving through your life? 
God's love moved through Paul who wrote this passage. God's love moved through him in a powerful way. He was once against Christians, against Gentiles, and he was the central figure that welcomed Gentiles to experience the gospel. God was loving and his love was moving through Thomas Terrence, who even now today in his book is sharing how he is for people rather than against people. And that's what God wants to do in you. Your spiritual growth unlocks what you're for. That's the radical power of God's love. You know, we talk about God's love and sometimes it can seem like it's wussy and it's not powerful, but I want to help you understand this. We live in a world today that it's easy to ghost someone. We live in a world today that it's easy not to forgive. It's easy to be bitter. It's easy to be violent towards other people. It's easy to be angry. Do you know what's more powerful? Is forgiving. You know what's more powerful? It's loving people who don't deserve it. It's bringing people near who you would never thought or you never would expect. That's what Jesus has done for us. When we were far away, God came close to us. When we were separated by God from our sin, Jesus came down. Yes, you don't have the power to change on your own, but God's love can move through you to influence other people. See, you might wonder, how does God's love move through me? It moves through you in three ways. You will go places you never thought. You will share life with people you never thought. And you will invest your time and money in ways you never thought. Think about those three points for a moment. When was the last time this week that you, that you went somewhere you wouldn't have gone When was the last time this week you shared life with, you gave someone time who you never thought you would? When was the last time you invested your money and your time in something that you never thought? See, when God's love moves through us, it causes us to take risks. Now, some of you might be sitting here and you think, well, man, is Peter asking us to be super radical? Is is Peter asking us to spiritually grow and put us in uncomfortable situations? Partially, yes. I just think about this. We recently got done with a cohort of a discipleship experience called Rooted. Rooted goes through seven rhythms, and it's 10 weeks long, and there's daily devotions, and you get into a new small group. And it's a real challenge for some people. And it's a real challenge to make that commitment. One of our newest leaders, her name's Linda. And Linda had the opportunity to lead a group And she just said, I'm going to do whatever God asks me to do. My yes is on the table. I want to share a little bit of her story with us today. Watch this video. I really just just told him he has my yes. You know, whatever he wants of me, I'm, I'm willing to do it. And so that's how I got roped into this. So I um, heard about Rooted, didn't know much about it, um, but I, I was asked if I would like to lead a group, and I thought, absolutely, I'm going to do it. Um, and 
didn't really think too much about it. I was happy to have something to think about other than COVID. <laughs> so um, I was all in and I, you know, I was all in. <laughs> but when I realized that we weren't going to meet at the church, we were going to meet at my house. And I thought that was a little bit um, of a challenge just because I'm under construction right now. And I, you know, I started thinking about it and I'm like, no, I'm not going to even worry about this. Father, you got to show up and do your thing. And it doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter where I live. You know, the first week when I shared my testimony, um, it was a little unnerving, but, you know, I was just praying, I prayed before, prayed during <laughs> and um, just told him where I was coming from. And I really think that that vulnerability um, just opened up the door for everyone to feel comfortable to be able to share um, and, you know, with no judgments. I think the week that really stood out to me was um, during the strongholds. Um, and I, and I think of that scripture in Corinthians where it talks about, you know, though we walk after the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. We, you know, we do have strongholds in our lives and a lot of it is in our mind. And that's what I was dealing with. So I just was sharing that. I felt like the week that I, you know, I was following the guide and did everything I was supposed to do for the strongholds and everyone left and I was like it just seemed to fall flat and I thought I don't think I did that right father like I didn't I'm sorry you know <laughs> um, if you could pick up the pieces and <laughs> work that out but the next week when everyone came back they were all saying they had breakthroughs like every single person and God was showing up in a big way and that was so exciting to me because I, even in my own life, things that, you know, I had struggled with from when I was a teenager, hurts or whatever, um, God was just revealing things and setting us free. So it was great. If someone approached me about doing Rooted, um, I would say go for it, that it is much more than what you will expect it to be. Um, God will use it and will change you in ways you never thought possible. Um, here I am leading this group that now wants to continue. And if I had said no, I would not have made connections with these ladies. I would not have seen God work in my life during this time, and um, I just think that anyone would benefit from it, absolutely. What I love about Linda's story is this, is you can see she went somewhere she never thought she would. She shared her life with people who she never thought, and she invested her time and money in a way that she never thought. Does God always show up right away? No, sometimes it's weeks and it's years down the road. But when God's love moves through you, you begin to do things that he calls you and he asks you to do. And I love the way she put it. And Jerry Gillis, who's a pastor in Buffalo, he says this, is your yes on the table 
before God asks the question? Is your yes on the table before God asks, this, asks the question? We've been in a pandemic. We've been in polarized politics. We've gone through an election. We've gone through so much. But what the world is looking for, and they don't know it, is the good news of the gospel. They are looking for people that are asking God, God, how can your love come through me? How can you be for your job? How can you be for the people that you're working through? How can you be for the community and for the world? It starts with you experiencing spiritual growth. It starts with you realizing this, I can't change on my own. There's some people that I just can't love and there's some attributes and fruits of the spirit, love, joy, and peace. I can't manufacture God, I need your help. But then you're asking this time and time again, God, how is your love moving through me? Am I going to places that I never thought? Am I sharing life with people I never thought? Am I investing my time and money in ways I never thought? Because you're leading me. John Wesley said this. He said, the church is full of almost Christians who've not gone all the way with Jesus Christ. The church is full of almost Christians who have not gone all the way with Jesus Christ. I think about Paul, the writer of this passage, the writer of this prayer. You want to talk about someone going all the way. You know, he literally gave up his old life as a Jewish Pharisee to share the gospel with people he used to be against. I think about Thomas Terence, who's now is, if you Google him, you see that he's part of being for people and for reconciliation. And the power of his story isn't just that he turned. The power of his story is that God so radically came and loved and cared for him. And I think about you, just like the original readers of the Ephesians passage. What does God want to do in your life? Your spiritual growth unlocks what you're for. When you begin to realize, I don't have the power to change on my own. I need the Holy Spirit. I need people around me. I need God's word and I need prayer because God, I can't see it on my own. And then when you realize this, you ask the question, God, how is your love moving through me? You know, we don't have to look for ways and examples to be for our community, to be for our world. There's probably something on Monday that God's going to put in your step, but it starts with you growing. You know, today we just saw a few individuals that want to go all the way with Jesus. They got baptized, and in the next service, we're going to see that. What a picture for us today! What a reminder. You know, today we're going to close with communion and I can think of no better way to close because it's a reminder that that God through dying on the cross and his resurrection has given us power to change. And it's through his love as we close this series, it's through his love that we can be for the world, we can be for our community and we can be for our spiritual growth. So if you're online Join with us, grab your elements. If you are here in person, we want to make sure that you do that. I want to just give you a few moments just to recollect your hearts. And I want you to think about this passage and think about the love, the cross, the height, the depth, the width, and the breadth. We take communion because we're reminded of what God has done for us.
So Jesus, when he was disciples, or when he was with his disciples, he took the bread and he was in an upper room and he was sharing about his love for them. And he said this, he said, this bread, he said, this is my body. It'll break, it'll be broken because I love you. Let's take this bread together. There's a Holy Spirit noise in person here of crackling paper, so I'm very happy about that. And then Jesus, he took the cup. And he took this cup and he said this. He said, this is my blood. I will die on a cross and I give it for you so that you might be washed clean, so that you might be washed new. Let's partake of this cup together. If you're at home or if you're in person, I want you just to bow your heads. And I want to close by praying this prayer over you because I believe in the next few months that this is not just a one-time series of being for Rochester, being for our community, being for our world. No, this is a way of life that God's calling us to live. And I want to pray this prayer over you, believing that God wants to do something in you. And the prayer is this, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that you, out of his glorious riches, that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And everybody online and everyone in person said, amen.